Welcome to Senior Connect, a podcast by Ogra. In this episode of Shannon's Sunshine Share, Shannon Redless speaks with Dr. Sarah Curtis, an audiologist, about how improving senior hearing can improve quality of life. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. This is Shannon, and thanks for joining us for Shannon Sunshine Share. Um, I tried to have my kids say that three times fast this morning. That was fun. <laughs> um, today, I'm with my friend, Dr. Sarah Curtis. Uh, Sarah is a doctor of audiology. She is the owner of Sounds of Life Hearing Center here in beautiful Concord, Ohio. So thank you so much for being with us oh today. Um, so Sarah's going to shed some light on some important subjects for us today. Um, and we're really uh, glad to have her as a guest. Um, so tell us a little bit about you, your journey about becoming an audiologist and why you decided to open your practice. Uh, yeah, so I'm from Menor. Um, I grew up in Painesville and Menor, and I got my bachelor's degree in psychology from Youngstown State. Um, and I volunteered in the AmeriCorps program for a year afterwards, ended up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. And I literally looked through the graduate catalog and it was like, speed pathology, that looks like a great choice oh. for me. But then I liked my audiology classes better. So, um, and it's, I call it my soulmate profession. I love, you know, sound. I'm, I'm a musician. I love sound. I love teaching. I love, you know, healthcare and I'm an inquisitive person. So I like to figure out problems awesome. and, um, but I worked, uh, in nonprofit for a while. Um, I worked at university hospitals and then I worked uh, briefly at CVS and I just realized that I like to move and change way too much to work behind a lot of red tape and so you know anytime you're in healthcare everything moves really fast right. and the more leniency you have to make change the better care you can actually provide and keep up with your current stuff so I just like I just like to change too much. Okay, <laughs> that's change is good. Change is good. So I was like, let's just open a practice. Awesome. Yeah. So how long have you been here for? Um, I've I've been formally opened here since October two thousand eighteen. Okay. It was just me for a while, and I just hit, uh, hired my first audiologist, awesome. uh, Dr. Kara Donovan. So. Awesome. Very exciting. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're really glad to have you here in the community. I know you're very passionate about what you do and you help so many people. So thank you for everything you yeah. do. Um, so talk to us a little bit about when someone should get their hearing tested. What is the uh, that ideal time? So, you know, when I talk to most adults, so if we're talking, I do test anywhere from infants through geriatrics. Okay. But when we're talking about adult hearing losses, when I ask um, adults, when was your last hearing test? And they're like 70, they'll say, Elementary school, maybe, right? So yeah. When was your last hearing test? Elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, so normal for hearing is a relative term. It's like our temperature. Mm -hmm. So, and we've all been taking a lot of temperatures lately. Right. <laughs> we have. And you know, but every, not everybody's 98.6. You know, some people's normal temperature might sit at 90, or sorry, 99. Some people might be at 97. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big difference. So somebody's um, temperature is typically at 97 and now it's 99.5, they're roasting. Mm -hmm. As opposed to somebody who's 98.6, 99.5 is, eh, I feel a little hot. Right. You know, it's the same thing with hearing. So if you're normal hearing, yeah. the higher the numbers go, the worse your hearing is, okay? So um, if normal hearing is anywhere up to 25, your normal hearing could be at five. Mm -hmm. 
So then if I test you and I don't know where your normal was and it's 35, I might jump to the conclusion, well, you only have a 10 decibel hearing loss, really. You're only 10 above that height of normal. But if you started off at five and now you're at 35, that's a much bigger thing for me to consider. So we really want adults coming in before they think they had a hearing problem and maybe at the latest about age 50. Okay. Um, just so we can get a baseline. Okay. If everything's good, then, you know, um, we say, you know, come in five to 10 years later and, you know, but we always talk about early intervention when it comes to kids, right? We need to talk about early intervention when it comes to any healthcare problems. The earlier you look into it and start treating it, the, the better outcomes you're gonna have overall. Um, now, if you have a family history of hearing loss, and even if it's like, well, dad was in the war and he got hearing loss, but he was in the war. Well, were you ever exposed to noise? Because noise-induced hearing loss can be genetic. Mm -hmm. Um, if you were working around a lot of noise in your life, you need a hearing test. If, if you have certain health conditions, you, you might have, be higher at risk. Um, and, and so also another thing is, is if you're having trouble when it's noisy, like a restaurant or a party and other people around you maybe aren't having as much problems as you are, it's probably time to get a hearing test. Another thing is if your ears are ringing. So your ears ringing is never normal. Dizziness is never normal. I have patients who say, well, my doctor told me it was normal for me to be dizzy or normal for me to not be able to hear because I'm old. I'm like, oh, that's not okay. <laughs> it's never, it's never okay. <laughs> and, and I don't work with dizzy patients, but I do know audiologists who do. Okay. And um, so, but any of those problems, you really should be coming in to get a hearing test. And then it's my job as a doctor to say, well, this is your treatment plan moving forward. This is how often you should be being tested and okay. so on and so forth. Perfect, so that preventative piece is really important. Yes. Okay, perfect, awesome. So talk to us a little bit about some of the health problems that are associated with hearing loss, because I think that's really important for us to know. Yeah, so one of the things that I think is really important to understand is that um, like any other part of your body, your ear is connected to everything else and your ear is fed by little blood vessels. So any diseases that are gonna affect those little tiny blood vessels that feed the ear could affect your hearing. So diabetes is huge. Diabetics have um, at least, I think it's at least two, I've seen two to five times greater risk of having hearing loss than the general population. And even people who are pre-diabetic I, you know, I just have borderline diabetes. You're 50% more likely to have hearing loss. Wow. Um, anyone who even high cholesterol, cholesterol can go and, and get trapped in those blood vessels and affect blood flow. Um, any type of cardiovascular disease, so atrial fibrillation, heart disease, history of heart attack, head injuries, um, people who've had strokes. Sometimes they're not having as hard of a time hearing or they don't perceive it, but they might be understanding really poorly mm -hmm. because we understand with our brains. So any type of brain injury is going to affect how we understand what we hear. Um, also, there are some medications that can be very damaging to the ear. Uh, several chemotherapy medications can be really damaging. And I've seen women, especially breast cancer survivors wow. and ovarian, some of the medications that they choose, uh, they're choosing them because they're gonna save your life. Right. But they, we also know that there's a chance that it could damage the hearing. But 
in the grand scheme of things, being alive. Double-edged sword, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so we really recommend if you're going to go through um, certain types of chemotherapy or intravenous antibiotics, ask your doctor if they might be damaging to your hearing, and if they will, see if they can refer you for a hearing test because we should be tracking that throughout your treatment. Okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so tell us some of the reasons, um, some of the things that we should expect when we come in to see you and have a hearing test, um, or we need to get fitted for hearing aids. What, what are some of the things we should expect? So in my practice, it's founded on, you know, you can't do anything without accurate diagnostics. Mm -hmm. So we are very thorough. We're going to look at how loud do we need to make sounds for you to hear them? Mm -hmm. We're going to look based on your symptoms. We might do a couple additional tests, for example, to look to see if you might have fluid behind your eardrum or any disorders of the bones that connect your eardrum to your inner ear. And um, we might look at the nerve function in your ear or the little tiny cells that uh, kind of detect the sound and tell the nerves which signals to send. We can see if those are functioning properly. Not everyone needs all of those tests. We follow a model of medically necessary testing. So we judge based on the symptoms and what one test gives us to choose if we need others. Um, then we look at how well do you understand speech, but also um, how well do you understand when people are talking in background noise? Because that's the biggest problem people have. And there are many, many people who test hearing out there who don't look at that aspect mm -hmm. at all, but that's the primary complaint I hear most people say. Okay. Um, that test not only gives us an idea about ability, but about um, what technologies might be most appropriate for that person. You know, could you get by with a more basic technology because your brain does pretty well understanding when it's noisy, or do you need something that's more in depth? Do you need some additional accessories to get you over that hump in those environments? Um, we also do, and I would like to start doing more, like I said, we understand with the brain, right? right? So sometimes I'll have people that come in and they say, I really can't hear. And we do their tests and they look normal. Mm. But that's because we haven't tested everything. Mm. So I have tests that look at how the brain understands what we're hearing. Um, I would really love to be seeing more patients for this, people who have had strokes or other neurological injuries. We want to see how is the brain processing what we wow. hear. Um, and that is a very specialized test. Uh, very few audiologists do that, but we do that. Very here. cool. Um, I love it. I'm a total nerd. Like <laughs> My degrees, it was in psychology before I went into audiology. Yeah. Um, and then we've started doing this really neat uh, cognitive screening test called the Cogniview. Okay. And for right now, it's, it's we're doing it at no additional charge. It is something we do anticipate at some point we, there will be a charge for it. But right now, if anybody comes in for a hearing test, they get this great screener. Okay. And it make, helps us to look at things like memory and executive functioning and processing speed and reaction time and gives us a little bit of insight into how the brain is functioning because that can also help us to understand how our patients are learning. Um, it can help to, it's a wonderful screener. It's better than most of the you know manual tests out there like the MOCA and all those sure. other tests at picking up mild cognitive impairment. Okay. And it's that mild impairment that we want to catch it at that stage, just like hearing loss. We want to catch it at the earliest stage because there's stuff we can do. Sure. You sure. know, um, the brain's a muscle. We have to work it. We also know that adults who have hearing loss are at a, 
at an increased risk for cognitive decline and dementia. So they really do go hand in hand. And when I'm fitting someone with hearing aids who are maybe falling into that risk for mild cognitive impairment, my goal is to run that test again about six months later after they've been wearing their hearing aids and see now that the brain doesn't have to work so hard to hear, can your brain apply that energy to other areas? That's Yeah, right, absolutely. Are you often seeing improvements in cognitive function? So I will, So this is a new screener for us. So okay. this is not something that um, I can say, you know, six months down the road, I think we'll have a much better okay. picture. Um, but I can say from, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years out of school and um, the improvements that I've just seen in people's quality of life when they're fit properly. And I've also seen people who have gone places that maybe that place's primary goal is just to sell a pair of hearing aids and not really rehabilitation. My goal is really treating that hearing loss. And I've seen people who unfortunately paid lots of money, went someplace else, weren't programmed properly to begin with, didn't have good expectations, didn't work counseled properly. And they come in to me and they've worn those hearing aids for five years and I reprogram them using new tests and such and they cry yeah. because they feel like they've wasted all those years of their life. Um, that's not what I want to right. be happening. I want them, I want everybody out there to do things the right way so that nobody's suffering. But I do recognize that um, I do go above and beyond. My Dr. Donovan, my other audiologist, we do because there's no other way to do it. That's right. I agree. <laughs> I know, totally agree with that. Everybody deserves the best. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. That That's wonderful. It's great that you know, there are people like you that really care and really want to get to the root of the issue and see their patients grow. And um, I, that's so important. Um, yeah. So I've heard through the grapevine, and I don't wear hearing aids, but lots of our clients do, that that I hear people talk about how expensive they are. And if one gets lost, oh boy, you better believe we better find that thing because it's expensive. <laughs> so why do hearing aids cost so much? Like, can you give us kind of an idea yeah. of how that goes? So hearing aids cost me money, first of sure. all. Now, they cost everybody that sells them money. Sure. Um, and that's just the amount of markup and what that markup means. So in my practice, my patients can clearly see this is how much your hearing aids are costing. This is that portion. Mm -hmm. And then this portion is how much our professional fees are. Mm -hmm. um, I went to school for a long time, you know, and I do a, an insane amount of continuing education. Um, I have special board certification that makes sure that I'm doing double the amount of hours that I need to sure. so that I can keep up with what's best for my patients. Um, I, I really, you know, my time should be paid for. Absolutely. You know, the amount of people say, well, what do you mean I need to pay you for cleaning my hearing aids? Well, do you pay your cosmetologist when they color your hair? Right. Do you, do you pay your plumber? Do you pay your electrician? Right. Well, Absolutely. You know, and nobody ever questions having to pay a doctor, but as a doctor of audiology, and because there are people out there that are giving services away for free, Really what they've done is they've put all that service money in on the front end of the hearing aid price okay. years and years. And so they're, they're pulling that price up maybe at 1500, 2000 or more extra dollars to say, oh, well, you never have to pay us when you come in. They don't tell you because you already did. Right. Okay. That and makes sense. So, but what services are you really getting? Right. You know, so when a hearing aid comes in our office, we run a special test called electroacoustic analysis. 
That's like somebody, a new car comes into a shop and they run all the electrical tests to make sure they're not selling a lemon, okay? We do that. We make sure all the circuitry is functioning normally, but your, your noise management, your directional microphones actually work because sometimes they come in from the factory and they don't work. Only maybe five to 10% of offices in the whole country do these tests. Wow. But for us, we know it's the best practice. And then when we're fitting patients, we do what's called a real ear measurement where we place a microphone in their ear beyond the end of the hearing aid and we measure the sound that's coming out of the hearing aid. Hmm. That's the only way for us to know if speech is actually audible. And you would be surprised um, how, how many people are walking out there and are barely hearing speech. Now they feel like they're doing themselves a favor because it's a little louder hmm. and they're comfortable. Right. But I tell my patients, if you go home and you're a little grumpy with me because things are a little bit loud, I can take that. You know, <laughs> curse me under your breath, get mad. That means I'm doing my job. Right. My job is not to make you comfortable day one. My job is six months from now, you shouldn't be able to live without your hearing aids okay. because you needed them this whole time. Right. Um, it is, you know, I, I don't... Uh, Again, I, I feel so sad for people who think that they've invested all this time and money and hearing aids don't work and they're not worth it and all this stuff. It's not the hearing aids you have on your head, it's who programmed them, okay. who your doctor is, their level of knowledge, their goals for you, and also what your goals are for yourself. Sure. So my job isn't just, if you were my patient, to say, you need this and this and this and this. I can say this is my plan for you in terms of these are what you need to do as a bare minimum. What are your goals? What are your outcomes uh, that you want to have out of this? And in, uh, involving the family with that as well, because there might be a family who um, they think when dad gets a new pair of hearing aids, he's going to be able to understand everything. Mm. Well, dad came in 30 years too late to the <laughs> hearing test, and his brain doesn't know what to do with sure. all that sound anymore. Sure. So you need to communicate with him differently. Okay. Um, so fam that family education piece is right. so important. But you don't get that in most places. Right. And so I get very protective of those people that are spending way more than they would spend with me getting far fewer services. Yeah. Um, and there are other very good providers in the area. I'm not the only one, but it shouldn't be so hard to figure out who those are, places for are. Sure. For yeah. sure. Well, I mean, you're an advocate for the community and for your patients, which is so important. Um, so, you know, but yeah, it's, it's hard to see people being taken advantage of. So Well, and I have a story um, right now. I have a loaner set of hearing aids out to a gentleman. Um, and I'm not charging him anything because his, he, he and his wife in 15 years spent over $30,000 oh on hearing aids at a retail establishment. Um, and not only was he underfit the entire time, but he's a veteran Aww. who, uh, without a doubt, will, will qualify for veteran services. And they never once told him hmm. that he could. And so I told him, you need to keep these hearing aids until the VA gets you on a roll to get your own. Because I can't oh, have them out there not so hearing. Yeah, for sure. That's sad. It is sad. I was like crying. $30,000. I mean, that's just, thank right. goodness that he found you, you know, and that you're able to help. And him. he won't be my patient. He'll be the VA's patient. Yeah. But 
you know, again, part of my job is to know about these avenues for people. For sure. You know, if your insurance covers hearing aids or might cover hearing aids, we're going to look into that. Um, I have people who ask me, what about Costco? <laughs> so here's, here's the secret, right? So the number one buyer of hearing aids in the whole country is the Veterans Administration. Okay. The number two purchaser of hearing aids in the whole country is Costco. Wow. So Costco has a volume discount that I cannot nearly compete with. And they are going to beat me on price. Yeah. The service, I don't know. And I personally don't want to go to a doctor's visit in the middle of a warehouse. You know, but people have budgets. Yeah. You know, and I would always, this the question I would ask, regardless of where you get hearing aids, is if I wanted to go to someplace other than Costco or Beltone or wherever you might be, can somebody else who's independent program my hearing aids? Because every patient should have the right to fire their doctor. And if the answer is no, these are locked. Mm. You can never go someplace else. You can only ever come back to this company. That's not okay. Okay, so that's some really good advice for everybody who, you know, may be looking into getting some hearing aids. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, so is, is hearing loss normal with aging and is it a disease of the elderly? So I just saw a little four-year-old the other day oh, that I put new molds on her hearing Aww. aids. So no, it's not a disease of the elderly. It is associated with so many of those other diseases that like we talked about, like diabetes and cardiovascular disease that are more prominent as we get older. Okay. So that, that does make it look like it's age related. And so that's, is you know same thing with COVID, right? Yeah. Well, older people are dying at a greater rate, right. but they also have a higher rate of all of these other diseases that make you at higher risk for of sure. getting sicker. Um, also, people who have worked in noisy environments that compiles over time. So it may not be showing up when you're 40, but you may have a load of damage. I just had a nice conversation about that with one of your patients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and so but. So you've got, let's say you're 74 and you have diabetes and you have COPD and you have ha worked in a factory your whole life after you got out of the service, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're older, but you really had that damage years earlier. Okay. And you might have needed a hearing aid when you were 60 also. Okay. Um, but I have patients that are in their 20s and 30s okay. and um, who just have a genetic loss. Okay. Um, I've had people who have had the chemotherapy or other types of things or head injury and they um, need hearing aids earlier. Uh, so I don't think it's not, it's not normal to have hearing loss as you get older, but some of the conditions and lifestyle choices that you've made do add up over time. Okay. Um, there is also a genetic component though to age-related hearing loss or presbycusis. So if you know that pretty much all the people in your family or at least 50% of them, once they hit about 65, 70, 75, they were starting to have trouble hearing, or they may never tell you that, but if you really wanted to turn the TV down when you walked in their house every time, that's a good sign. Okay. Um, <laughs> I ask people, did anybody in your family have hearing loss? No, I don't think so. Well, do you ever remember really having a shout at grandma and grandpa when you were over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't have hearing aids, but, you know. Yeah, they definitely had the hearing But loss. that can run in the family. 
hearing loss in women is really strong. When I see someone come in and they say, well, I have hearing loss and my mom had hearing loss, my sister and my great aunt, I tell them, and how old are your daughters? 30, 25, they need to start getting their hearing tested because it, it tends to be women have, especially they, they are generally healthier a little bit and they have less noise exposure. And so those losses tend to be genetic. Huh, that's interesting. So, well, I've heard some pretty cool things with all the technology that we have living in this day and age um, about hearing aids. So what are some of the cool technologies with the new hearing aids that you can tell us about? So um, one of the things that's come out is rechargeability. Okay. Um, at least most behind-the-ear hearing aid styles can be rechargeable with lithium-ion batteries. Okay. You put them, it's like your phone. You plug them in overnight, you use them the next day, you plug them in the next night, and that's, you know, um, really exciting. Especially for patients I have who have, don't feel very well with their fingers, just being able to plop them in a charger and never having to lose that independence by making somebody else change their right. battery. That's huge. That's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love Bluetooth connect connectivity and being able to stream. So That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So streaming is like, um, if you're not familiar with the word streaming, that means if there's a sound, for example, coming from your television, you can hear it in your hearing aids. Wow. They're not connected physically to anything, mm -hmm. but it's streaming it. Or if a telephone call comes in, you can hear the phone call right in your hearing aids. Very cool. Um, this is super cool. That is And awesome. they've had different types of that available for maybe about 10 years. I remember, you know, it's towards the end of my grad school, I went, oh, this is amazing. They're never <laughs> gonna come out with anything cooler than this, you know. And I'm kind of techie, I should be, you know. But, you had to, at that point, have something around your neck. Okay, I remember seeing that, yeah. So now, um, every manufacturer has a way that you can send a signal from your phone into your hearing aids without that middleman device. Cool, very cool. Some of them are iPhone only. Some of them are made for all phones. Okay. Um, but you can stream audiobooks and podcasts. Um, you can have someone else around you have a microphone. So if you and I went out to lunch and I have hearing loss, there's no amount of technology that can eliminate background noise. Mm -hmm. But if I gave you a microphone to wear that sent your voice into my hearing aids, that pretty much eliminates the background That's cool. Um, I have patients who like to go to the art museum, for example, for a lecture. And if you've ever been to the Cleveland Museum of Art, it's gorgeous, but the sound bounces all over the place. Right. And so the freedom of being able to hand it to the lecturer beforehand and say, hey, can you wear this for me? I wear hearing aids and it would really help. And then they can hear the whole presentation. That is really amazing. Yeah. There's all sorts of really neat technology. And some of it's high tech. Mm -hmm. Some of it's lower tech. A another thing I talk to my patients about is when you have hearing loss, you may not hear your smoke alarm. Mm -hmm. So we talk about, do you hear your smoke alarm? Oh, yeah, I hear it. If you were asleep and your hearing aids were not in, would you hear your smoke alarm? Well, I don't know. So they make amplified smoke alarms. And I, you know, I don't sell them. I just give people the link. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. That's so important. It's so important. And, you know, and if you're in the shower and you don't hear your smoke alarm, yeah. they make amplified doorbells. They make, for people who are deaf, who really, they, they can't hear it all without hearing aids, 
They make um, alerting devices when a baby cries. Wow. So that mom, you can still be a mom and still yeah. take great care of your kids even if you can't hear them. So there's really cool technology out that there. That is cool. I don't stock it. <laughs> yeah, but you can educate your patients on how to go about getting that technology. And I mean, you're knowledgeable about it so that you can kind of walk them through oh, yeah. the process. And, and if you've got like an amplified smoke alarm, a lot of the local fire departments will come to your home and install that for you. Awesome. So cool. that's great advice. Yeah. Very, so, very good advice. And I'm always here if anybody does, you know, I already have an audiologist. I'm okay with them. Okay. But I have questions about some of the other things that you have, like sure. information about smoke alarms or information. I can do all that. Oh, or the cognitive testing or... Um, I got a regular hearing test. They can't do that brain hearing test that you talked about. Can right. you do that for me? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Well, that's that's great. So people kind of know, um, you know, that they can come in and get those specialized testing that you offer here with the technologies that you have. So that's great. Yeah. So you shared with me a few things that are kind of your passion and really important to you and your business and what you do. Can you talk a little bit about those and then tell, let our audience know how they can best reach you if they need services? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's come across, you know, I just really have a passion for making sure that everybody gets amazing hearing health care. It's a big goal of mine. Um, it's a big part of our practice that regardless of your ability to pay, your background, wherever you come from, Everybody deserves the same high quality, excellent services, and everybody's treated the same as when they walk through our doors. So that's a huge value of my practice. Um, and, and so that excellent care, bringing people closer to their families, avoiding social isolation. I'm, I'm always so sad when I was like, I don't go to church anymore. I can't, I have no clue what they're saying. Well, that's not okay. Let's find a solution for you. Um, getting families involved in, in the hearing care of, of their family members and getting people in and taking early action on hearing loss. Those are some big things. Um, also, you know, just because your medical doctor says, that's well, probably okay, you're good. Come get a hearing test. It doesn't hurt it doesn't anybody hurt. to get a right. hearing test. And you can choose to do nothing. I'm not going to get mad at you. I am the same thing. <laughs> okay, let's schedule your next test for next year. Okay. And just so to schedule with us, you can do that um, obviously by calling. So you can go, it's 440-579-4085. Um, you can also go to our website, which is www.soundsoflifehc.com. And you can actually click um, on a place in that website that allows you to just schedule online. Awesome. So if you're like me and you're like, it's 10.30, I totally forgot to make my kids' dentist appointment. And <laughs> you know, it happens. Go online and schedule. Awesome. Um, you can, uh, if you call in, you're going to talk to either myself one of, uh, or Dr. Donovan or any of our staff. We're very small here. Um, and Perfect. yeah, I think that's about Perfect. it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You shared so much great information with us today. I think that we're definitely going to have to get back together because there's so many more things I want to pick your brain about for sure. Um, so thanks again for your time and thank you for everyone for tuning in uh, to our presentation today and we hope to see you next week. Have thanks. a great day. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.okra.com for more great content.